Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good evening, everyone. It is Friday, August the 4th, 2023. It is currently 10.07 p.m. Why was I going to say a.m.? I don't even know what time it is. Good evening, everyone. It is Friday, August the 4th, 2023. It is currently 10.07 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central Studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. Now, every single day, I'm always checking different websites, checking different things, and every single day I have to make a choice, right? Oh, oh, look, look, here's an article about this. Oh, look, here, everyone's debating this, or here's the controversy today that's showing up on Christian websites and Christian social media, and everyone's arguing, okay, okay, do I cover that? Do I turn on the microphone and talk about it? Whether it's 10.07 p.m. or 10.07 a.m., whatever time it may be, do I talk about it? And a lot of times, I'm just going to be honest with you, I may save it on my iPad to my notes saying, okay, we'll talk about that at some point. But look, this is the way, this is just the reality of life. This is just the way the world works in 2023. And it's worked this way for a very long time. Many of these controversies, many of these things that people are all up in arms about, it only lasts for a couple of hours, right? Maybe, maybe 12 hours, maybe make it 24 if you're lucky. I mean, if it's really crazy, maybe 48 hours. And then everyone just moves on to the next thing they're upset about, the next controversy, the next news story, the next video clip, whatever the issue is, the next Twitter post or, or X post, whatever Twitter's calling itself today, what, what, whatever the issue is, and then everyone just moves on and everyone just moves on. So you can either, as a Christian podcaster, I can sit here and just keep looking, watching, oh, 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 that's the issue now. Boom, let's go live. Today, we're going to be talking about why everyone's upset with the Barbie movie and you're, they're burning Barbie dolls. And okay, oh, Barbie is the, okay, okay, wait, 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 wait. What's next? What's next? Oh, the Grammys, the Grammys, Sam Smith and Kim Petras. Oh, they did unholy. It's the end of the world. Okay, okay, okay. That's over. Okay, wait, what's next? What's next? What's next? What's next? Okay, okay. Uh, now we're upset about something Dylan with the LGBTQ world. Oh, wait, wait, wait. There was some teenage preacher who was preaching at a park where there was a supposedly drag show or something going on and he got arrested and this is Christian persecution and everyone should be upset. Okay, that, okay. Oh, wait, what's next? What's next? Oh, wait, wait. Trump got indicted. Oh, how dare they go after Trump? This is a crime of the century. And then Christians are supposed to be upset about that. I mean, every day it's something. Every day there's a new controversy and it just goes from day after day after day. So I'm always sitting here going, okay, so what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Do I talk about it? Now, you you will probably notice that most of the time, I don't really follow that kind of that what's trending. I don't really do a lot of responding to what's trending. Every once in a while, we will talk about something. But I try to be careful with that. For a couple of reasons, if I do that, then it kind of becomes expected, right? So then I've got to sit here around the clock. Basically, you become, I mean, and I've been through this before. 
a long, long time ago when I did a podcast that basically tried to focus in on what was happening in the world from a Christian perspective. I, I, I Now, it may be my own mind, my own obsessive compulsive mentality, my own issues, but basically I started kind of perceiving that I need to be basically like a 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week podcast talking about everything going on in the world, and I must be up-to-date on it, and I must try to offer a biblical and theological perspective, and I must be, oh, here's what, oh, I got to, I got to address this. Oh, I got to address this. And literally it just utterly consumed me, was detrimental to me spiritually. And I, and yeah, it it had massive, massive negative consequences. I don't blame anyone else. It was my own fault. I didn't handle the situation correctly. And I've, and I've learned my lesson. So this time around, I'm, I've tried to be very careful with that, right? Try to be very careful, but it's so tempting because if you can be, there's like a, like if you were to look at a graph, right? The controversy, it starts down here at the bottom of the graph. It starts kind of bubbling up. It starts building. If you can get in on it right there, you catch it early, you catch it fast, and you create a podcast with whatever this issue is in the title. Once it starts build, once that, once on the graph, it starts going up, 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 and everyone's talking about it. More searches are occurring about it. Everyone's posting about it. You'll be right there in the conversation and there's a high probability people will find your content because that's the hot topic of the moment. Right. And then that, then you could, you could possibly even pull out a follow, a follow up episode and you could possibly get some serious downloads by following that. But in a roundabout way, first you got to ask yourself, what are you really contributing to the noise? Because in many cases, all you're doing is just adding more noise, adding more fuel to the fire. And really the only people benefit, I don't know if the people listening to you actually even benefit, you benefit because now your podcast episodes, you know, numbers just blew up. And now, you know, possibly you could even go viral and you could, you could be on the way to, you know, success. But I, I'm not, I just, uh, I don't, I don't like doing that. But at, but at the same time, even though I don't like to do that, well, maybe there's a part of me that would want to do that. To be fair, there's a part of me that maybe would want to do that. But I know all how detrimental it would be, especially from a theological, biblical perspective. Because all I'm doing is pointing you, even though we're saying we're talking about it from a theological perspective, even though I'm claiming to be talking about it from a biblical perspective, all I'm really doing is just throwing you into the turbulent you know, con- world of controversy and, and anger and frustration and chaos. And I'm not really, you know, trying to move you away from that to something maybe more biblical and more theological. Now we will address issues, obviously, if you listen to me, but that's why we do things like the Bible study exercise. We do things like law and gospel. We try to do these things that are much more theological, but it's trying to find that balance. But I'll be honest with you. There are times I'll be like, Oh man. I missed that. Why didn't I, why didn't I talk about, it was right there. I had it ready to go. Why didn't I? And sometimes I kind of kick myself because I think, you know, maybe we could have addressed that. But then there's other times I'll go, you know, I'm glad I didn't touch that. I'm glad I just kind of left it alone. I'm glad because everyone's already moved on. But tonight, at 10, I started this at 10.07 p.m., not 10.07 a.m. Now it's 10.14 p.m. This Friday evening is one of those situations where I was deciding, what do I do? Do I do another live broadcast? And this, everything just kind of fell into place because there's a controversy 
brewing. There's a big, uh, you know, a big uproar about, well, J.D. Greer, right? He's a pastor, what, Summit Church, I think is the name of the church. He used to be the president of the Southern Baptist Convention. J.D. Greer, his name, anytime it's mentioned, there's always controversy because you got, you know, I don't know, 50% of the people saying he's a full-blown liberal, he's woke, he's he's apostate. You got the other going, how dare you? He's good Bible teacher. And I don't know, everyone just yells and screams about everything anyway. So I just typically stay out of it. Every once in a while, J.D. Greer will find himself in a controversy and I will grab a clip or the sermon and we'll talk about it. And sometimes, you know, I feel like nobody's being fair about the entire situation. Not that I would agree with J.D. Greer and everything, but again, so, you know, all right. But today I started noticing J.D. Greer was showing up everywhere. He showed up on some news sites, started getting emails. Did you see, did you see the J.D. Greer clip? Did you see the clip? Did you see the clip? Okay. What are you going to do? Are you going to address the clip? What are you going to do? You know, and then I got from Christian headlines. I think, uh, was that the last one I got? Um, yes. Um, I got this today. I don't know the time. Do I have the time? I don't have the time for this. I could, I could look, but it's from, uh, church leaders, churchleaders.com. And here's the headline. J.D. Greer rebukes his congregation for arriving at church late and leaving early. Now, the clip of him rebuking his church has gone. I I don't know if it's reached. I don't know what the number is for viral, but it's definitely it's definitely reached a a level. It's definitely reached a, a a level of of uh Notice, uh, maybe, maybe not viral, but let's just say it's getting around and everyone has strong opinions, right? Most of the opinions are, how dare he, you know, rebuke his church? He's the kind of pastor who creates these problems because they turn church, nothing more into a show. They turn it into a production. And because they do so, people treat it that way. Then he gets mad because they're treating it in not a very sacred way. How he's the problem. Others are going, well, no, I think he's onto something. And what, how, and then others are like, no, this is, he's, he's not conducting himself as a godly man and he's getting too upset. And this is not a family to talk to people that way. And everyone has their opinions about it. So it's one of those situations where I was like, well, do I address this? Do I address this? Well, I just thought, you know what? It, it's, it's Friday evening. I don't really want to necessarily get into like a two-hour broadcast. So let me grab the clip and we will play it and I'll get your opinion on it. Now, let me make it very clear. If you listen to us over the last couple of days, we did we did a number of uh, podcast episodes about anxiety attacks where we reviewed a sermon by Stephen Furtick of Elevation Church. Now, that started because there was a TikTok video that my daughter sent me, a quote from basically a very short segment from that sermon. Now, once we listened to the entire sermon, it did not come across near like the clip made it sound. And you know how I feel about these clips. They drive me crazy because you're taking a pastor's words out of context. And it's other Christians who do this. 
It's other, there's some Christian social media accounts. That's all they do is take sermon clips out of context. And then everyone condemns it, condemns it, condemns it, condemns it, condemns it. And everyone just jumps in and bat. And if they don't like the pastor, he's trash. He's gar. And they just tear him apart. If they like the pastor, oh, praise God. That's preaching right there. That's, that's exposition right there. That's exegesis right there. So if they love the pastor, they don't even know probably the context. It doesn't matter. It's great. And if they hate the pastor, it's bad. And it's just so childish and tribal and taking sides. Ugh. It's like sports fans bashing the other team. It's so ridiculous. It's just, there's nothing godly about any of it. But the main thing that bothers me is you're taking it out of context. So here's one of those situations. We're going to play the clip because this is the clip going around. Not tonight, but soon. Um, I've, I think I have found, I think I found the whole sermon. You can help me find the entire sermon. I got the name of it. I did, um, I did ask someone, uh, for, uh, hey, do you have the link to the whole sermon? Nobody ever, they, no, no one ever, re- I, I could get the clip. Nobody would ever respond to, here's the whole sermon. And once again, those sites that post the clips, they never post the link to the whole sermon. That is just so disingenuous and so disrespectful and Christians engage in that trash game. I can't stand it. All right. I can't. But so what we're going to do here is we're going to play the clip, right? To kind of to play the game that I hate. And then I don't know, maybe tomorrow. I don't know if we'll get to it tomorrow. Maybe Monday. What we'll do is then we'll review the whole sermon. Right. And then you can contrast the two, just like we did with Stephen Furtick. We played the clip, but then we reviewed the entire sermon because I don't care whether I agree with the, I don't care who the person is. I don't care. Christian, non-Christian, they deserve to be heard. And we don't take words out of context. You don't misrepresent. You don't bear false witness. That's just like basic Christian morality 101, right? Don't bear false witness. Treat people with respect. Treat people the way you would want to be treated. So I'm going to play this, and then you can draw your own conclusions. I'll make a couple of comments. I'm going to read the article here. Um, I'm not going to, when they start quoting the video, I'll stop and then play it. Um, I think it's not very long. Uh, 26 seconds. See, once again, what is that? Like, you're going to judge someone because of a 26-second clip? What is the deal with Christians just... Judge, condemn, judge, condemn. It's like we've got a disease where we just got to be, we're, we're just as much as bullies and jerks as the world. We're, we're, we don't show love. We don't show compassion. We don't show mercy. It, the whole thing is just, it's sickening. It, it, there's no other way around it. But here we go. Here's the story, or here's how this um, reads. So J.D. Greer rebukes his congregation for arriving at church late and leaving early. J.D. Greer, the lead pastor of the Summit Church in Durham, North Carolina, and former president of the Southern Baptist Convention, went viral this week. So they they are claiming it went viral. I, I didn't know if we could use that term, but it says it went viral. All right. After a clip from his sermon titled, now here's the name of the sermon, People Who Don't Belong in Church. People who don't belong in church. All right. Now, if you look up the Summit Church, J.D. Greer, that's G-R-E-E-A-R. Um, 
And you, you can probably find discernment, people who don't belong to, uh, belong in church, people who don't belong in church. I think he's doing a series in the book of James, I believe. All right. And this video flooded social media. Now, here we go. When it says the, the, the sermon, let's make it very clear. The sermon did not flood social media. About a 26 second clip from the sermon. I think the sermon is 44 minutes long. I think the sermon is 44 to 45 minutes long. So can you imagine you talk for 45 minutes? Fellow Christians take 26 seconds of your 45-minute sermon, 26 seconds, something along those lines, even if it's 30 seconds, even if it's 35 seconds, and then, and then everyone starts attacking you and bashing you and judging you. There, there's nothing godly about that behavior. There, it just isn't right. In the clip... Greer can be seen scolding the megachurch of more than 10,000 weekly attenders across 12 campuses. Now, let's stop right here before we play this. When do you think it's right for a pastor during a sermon that's being live streamed to offer a harsh rebuke to the people. When does a rebuke ever cross the line? Now, if it's from scripture and you're preaching scripture, you're like, this is a sin. Okay, but I'm talking, you're, re- you're rebuking your people specifically for specific things that they are doing that you don't like, that bothers you. When, when does, is that ever right? Now, I know there are times some people offer some serious scolding rebukes, harsh rebukes, and sometimes social media loves it, right? Is that Paul Washer? He's, he's, he's had some serious words to say for people. And, um, some of that gets like, that's great. I think, is it, was it, uh, the, you know, RC Sproul? He's that famous little clip of him saying, what is wrong with you people? Right. And that, is that, is that, I think that was, uh, uh, RC Sproul. So there's a couple of times where people, preachers almost get applauded for how powerful they were and strong and how bold and how they would not compromise. And then there's other times pastors get absolutely ripped into shreds because of that. The famous clip of Mark Driscoll screaming, how dare you? And, and well, then, well, look at him. He's a bully. He's out of control. So I, so I'm sometimes I don't know exactly like, so when is it right? When is it wrong? A lot of times, you know what determines if it's right and if it's wrong? If the pastor's on your team. If he's wearing your gang colors, right? If he's repping your gang, then it's all good. And isn't it weird how Christians are so tribal? They say, if it's your favorite pastor, hey, that's good. And now if it's not, no, oh man, what is he doing? That's horrible. That's ungodly. But when do you think? When, when, When do you think it's... Now, should a pastor then say, hey, hey, guys, 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 look, look. Uh, when the sermon is over today, I need, uh, we're going to stop the live stream and I need all the members to stick around. The, the visitors can leave. And then we're just, we just got to have a little family meeting really quick. Right. And then the visitors leave and then you go, guys, what in the world are you doing? This is starting to get out of control. You got to stop this. I'm sick of it. I'm tired of it. Now, may, maybe that works a little bit better, Right. When is that appropriate time? Well, let's hear what he did. He's obviously supposedly is accused of scolding these people, rebuking these people. 
And again, everyone has strong opinions about this clip. We're going to review the entire sermon again, possibly Monday, uh, because those sermon reviews take for hours to work through. But let's at least tonight, if this is viral, this is one of the situations we can just kind of be a part of the discussion. Not that we're going to add anything major to it. Again, what I would, anyone who sees this anywhere online, I'm, first of all, I'm rebuking this practice of ripping these segments out of context. I'm just doing this to establish the, the clip that's going around so that everyone will form an opinion. And then later we'll come in and re- review the entire sermon. And it's amazing how sometimes the context changes everything. So, but before we have the context, let's look at what everyone's reacting to. What the big controversy is today. And it seems to be J.D. Greer saying some pretty harsh things to his congregation. Here we go. It's one of the things, honestly, that irritates me about you guys that cruise in 10 minutes late or leave five minutes before we dismiss. It's not that I'm mad that you're missing part of the service. It's that you treat church like a religious show instead of a welcoming family that you're a part of. When people say that the church is unfriendly and it feels like a big production, you're the problem. And... (laughs) That's it. That's it, ladies and gentlemen. Now, he does seem bothered. He does seem bothered. Is it a legitimate, is it a legitimate complaint? So, so let's just start there. Let's just start there, right? Now, we don't have a context right now. We don't have any context. And I have a feeling context may provide us a different opinion of the entire thing. It may, it may provide it, right? It may provide it. We did, we have the name of the entire sermon. So look, even before I review it, you can go listen to the entire sermon. Let me give it to you again. If I can open my iPad here, people who don't belong in church, JD Greer summit church. You should be able to find it relatively easy. I'm assuming it's the most recent sermon. JD Greer summit church, Durham, North Carolina, People who don't belong in church. Do you want to hear the clip again? Do you want to hear the clip one more time? Do you? Do you? Of course you do. I do. We'll, we'll play it one more time since, you know, everyone's talking about it. We'll let you hear it one more time. Here we go. It's one of the things, honestly, that irritates me about you guys that cruise in 10 minutes late or leave five minutes before we dismiss. It's not that I'm mad that you're missing part of the service. It's that you treat church like a religious show instead of a welcoming family that you're a part of. When people say that the church is unfriendly and it feels like a big production, you're the problem. And <laughs> now he does get he does get some applause. So now I don't know if they're applauding because they're uncomfortable. You're like, what do you do? Okay, Pastor. Yay! Can we move on? Because it's extremely uncomfortable right now. But let's let's ask a question. All right, here we go. Let's just go with what we know. We'll go with what we know, all right? We're not, we're not going to try to, you know, pretend that we know everything. And that's why we're going to review the whole sermon at a later time. I don't know how quickly he comes into this and goes out of it. It may, it may be so insignificant. The fact that it, people clipped it down to 26 seconds bothers me to know when, but that's okay. That's what we're dealing with. That's what's all over the place. It's, I've seen it all over the place. Here we go. Here's, here's the question. 
right? You ready? Here's the question. Is it okay? First, let's start, with, let's start from the pew perspective. Like, let's ask the people in the pew. You, Mr. Church member, Mrs. Church member. Is it? Now, I'm not talking about visitors. Not talking about lost people, but church members. Is it okay to come walking in late? Is it okay to come walking in late? Is it okay to get up and leave early? You want to beat the traffic. Now, if you're going to a church where there's thousands and thousands of people in the parking lot, you may want to get out of Dodge. You may say, you know, I don't want to sit in the parking lot and get to the, you know, the Golden Corral, you know, or Cracker Barrel. And 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 I have to, there's too many people there. I don't, I don't want to get to the buffet. I don't want to get to the restaurant. And there's a million people there. Is is it okay? Is it okay to come waltz, waltzing into church late or leaving early? Is Is that right or is that wrong? Is, is that just bad etiquette? Now, if, usually in a church that big, I mean, if you come walking in late, does it really impact anything? I mean, I'm assuming you come walking in the back. I mean, there's 5,000. I mean, there's 10,000 people who attend that church over, I don't know how many campuses. I don't know what it breaks down per campus, but 10,000 people attend weekly. I, if someone slips into the back, it must be a, an extremely large number for him to sound that bothered. But the question is, is it okay? Now, obviously, it can happen anytime because you're running late, you have kids. There can be a million reasons that causes you to run late that would be legitimate, right? But just say on a regular, consistent basis. Now, the question is, though, if you say it's wrong for someone to show up late, well, then you're telling people if you're running late, don't bother coming. I don't know if you really, is that, is that, is that the vibe you want to give people? Hey, I'm sick and tired of you people showing up late. Well, then the people, anytime they're running behind will be like, well, we're not going to church. Why? Because I'm not getting griped out for showing up late. See, that was a hard one, right? Now I look, so, so from the pew perspective, do you think it's wrong? I think most people in the pew think, you know what? Get over it. If I'm running behind, I'm running behind. I'm going to show up when I show up. And if I need to leave, I'm going to leave. And if I want to leave, I'm going to leave. Who are you to tell me when I can and can't come? I think, I think most people from the pew probably look at it like, dude, back off. Now, from the pulpit perspective, it can be maddening. It can be, right? You're sitting there preaching and then all of a sudden here comes people walking in. Well, it always feels like, oh man, okay, what do I do now? What do I do now? Do I stop and then try to review and catch them up? Because they're, then they're looking around like, you know, what passage are we at? And it's just like the whole thing is so disruptive. In a small church, I don't know what it looks like in a large church, but in a small church, it can be so disruptive. It's like, you just want to stop the whole service. You just want to say, stop this, stop. We're just going to start over because the whole thing is so disruptive. They're there trying to figure out what passage they're looking around. They don't know what's going on. They've missed, you know, they don't even know what point you're trying to make. And so it's, it's, it's maddening. So, so my approach now as a pastor of a small church, I'll just do everything I can to wait. (laughs) 
just like, I'm just going to wait till everybody shows up. I'm just going to wait. Now, that's unfair to the people who get there on time because they're sitting there waiting. But at the same time, it to me, trying to start on time, if it, all it's going to do is have people walking in late and then it's going to disrupt the entire flow of the service. And then you got people listening online and then they're like, well, why is he backing up and repeating? I, like that, that hurts everyone. So that, that's, that's, you know, you, we could have a long discussion about the mentality of people who run late. We could have a long discussion. I've often said, I think it's a form of narcissism because people who run late seems to think that the whole world revolves around them and that everyone has to wait on them. And it's like, that's just so not, it's, it can't be about you. You you should think about other people, how your actions impact other people. You could have a discussion about that. So from the pulpit, it can be maddening, right? Because you're like, you're trying to, you're trying to preach and you're like, what's happening here? And especially in a big church, if it's a lot of people, you're kind of like, or, and then when you get ready to start, you're like, well, we're missing 50% of the people. What's going on? Like, or even in a small church, it can be, it can be frustrating. Now, I've never had people get up and leave unless they have to go. Like they have to like, oh, I got to go to work or I have to go here. And they usually tell me before. And so that's not really disruptive. That's no big deal. They get up and walk out. No big deal. I don't know what he's dealing with. From the pulpit. What's maybe considered no big deal to the people in the pew, it can have profound impact on the person speaking. Sometimes people who don't do public speaking don't get how your actions can be so maddening and disrupting to the person in the pulpit, right? See, this is one of those things where people don't sometimes understand how their action impacts someone else. And, and this is where I think, I think what we have to try to figure out here, especially within the church, this is one of those things that we're supposed to not just be thinking about ourselves. We're supposed to be thinking how our actions can impact others. So as a pastor, you have to think, okay, this is bothering me, but if I go off on this, I'm putting me maybe before them because maybe then all I'm going to do is actually cause them not to want to show up if they're running late and, and it's actually going to keep them from showing up to church. Well, may, yeah, maybe they show up late, but they still could get something from it. And maybe people who then need to leave early are going to be afraid to show up because they're afraid if they have to leave early, they can't. So then they won't just show up. All you're doing, I think, is hurting yourself. You got to sometimes set aside your own personal feelings and go, this is, de- this is only going to be detrimental to the people and which will ultimately be detrimental to you. And it's hard sometimes to see that other perspective. And the other people may feel like, look, if I can be here, I'll be here. Look, just get, you know, this isn't school. You're not taking attendance. This is not, you know, just leave me alone. And and you you got to understand that. Now, from the other side, the people in the pew may want to realize how your actions impact other people. How you could be delaying the start of a service. How you could be impacting the pastor. Sometimes people in the pew don't then, you know, I'll I'll show up, I won't show up. Maybe I'll be there. Maybe I won't be there. Your actions impact other people. Your actions impact the entire service. So it's one of those things we all have to constantly look at ourselves to go, is, is this, is this a problem? Now I, I want to do something. So, so I want to look at it from both sides there and you can, you can just try to decide, is it right or is it wrong? Is there a, is there a, is there a right and wrong way of attending church? Now, I don't know if we can biblically say this is this is how you're supposed to show up. You're supposed to show up five minutes early. You're supposed to have a notebook. 
a Bible. You're supposed to have prepared. You should have read the text last night. You should have looked over everything. You should have reviewed your notes. You show up prepared and ready to learn. Now, as a pastor, you wish all of that is true. But the reality, it's not true. They show up whenever they show up in whatever mood they show up with whatever they want to do. And whether they want to pay attention or take notes, you don't know. Sometimes the people in the pew don't realize how they impact everyone. Sometimes people just, I've seen weird, I've seen people sitting there on their phone playing games and you're just kind of like, do you mind? Like, you know, I've seen people doing all kinds of things. Like you're preaching and they're just over there doing something else and you're kind of like, now maybe in their mind, they're like, they're actually listening. Maybe they are, but from a pastor's perspective, you can be like, I don't know, maybe, you know, do you think maybe you could turn off Netflix? I mean, okay, maybe that's a little hyperbole. Do you think maybe you could, you know, turn off the Kindle of you're reading, you know, that romance novel? Okay, do, you, do, you, do you think maybe, do you think maybe you could stop clipping your fingernails? Whatever the case may be, sometimes you see some crazy, like, do you think maybe you could pay it? Sometimes you see some weird things going on in the pew. Now, the person in the pew don't think it's impacting anybody else, but like, you're like, you're, what is happening over there? So I think everyone has to be aware of how it impacts other people. But let's let's think about this. We have seen this. There's been news story after news story after news story. And I'm aware of this because my daughter works for an, a, a major airline. There's been a lot of crazy things happening on airplanes. Right? Just a complete breakdown in normal etiquette. People putting their feet, doing this, doing just out of control behavior in, in, on airplanes. That's created major problems. People have to be arrested, yelling and screaming at one. I was just seeing a video just the other day. Crazy stuff. It makes you want to think, I don't know if I ever want to get on an airplane because it's just crazy stuff. Do you think? That the church, because the church, no matter how much we want to pretend, the church always follows culture. The church is always more influenced by culture than the church is influencing the culture. It's just a fact. It happens over and over and over. It was going on in the church of Corinth. It's always happening. Our, the people in the church lives in the world. And they're impacted by the world in which they live. So their mentality changes, Right. They, they, they show up to church and next thing you know, they're, uh, there used to be a time that everybody would be paying attention, right? They didn't have these devices. They had a Bible and a notebook, right? Now things have changed. They're influenced by culture. So they're sitting there doing whatever and maybe not even paying attention. All right. That's being influenced by the culture. Do you think that there's kind of a breakdown in general when it comes to etiquette and it comes to respecting others? Do you think there's a breakdown of respect and etiquette in society in general? And that's now starting to show up in the church. And I don't know what's going on with J.D. Gray. I don't know why he's that bothered there. He's bothered. Probably something has been going on. Look, I've been, I've been a, you've been a pastor for any length of time. There's sometimes you just reach a breaking point. You just like, I am so sick and tired of this. Why am I even trying? What is even the point? Like sometimes you just want to just throw everything and say, you know, you get up here and preach and I'll sit there and I'll decide whether I'm going to pay attention, whether I'm going to answer a question, not answer a question. And I won't even tell you if when I, if I'm going to show up or not show up, like there's sometimes you, I, I want to just say I've had it and I've got, I have a great situation compared to most pastors. 
Do you think the church is slowly but surely being impacted here by how people are behaving in the pew? Now, we know church attendance has dropped dramatically. We know to get people to show up to Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday, man, I hate to say it, but I feel like that that ship has, forget that ship has sailed. That ship took off sailing, hit an iceberg, and sunk. I don't know if you're ever going to get back to getting everyone to show up for all of that. I, I think it's like a lost cause. It's almost like, okay, look, guys, can we have a meeting? Do you think we could all show up to this one service? Do you think we could all show up to this one service? And just say, I'm just going to give you one service a week. Now, some people are like, well, that's compromise. And you need to be preaching the word of God, Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday. Yeah, but if people aren't showing up, then maybe you just do. You just say, I'm just going to give you one service and this is it. And I'm not even going to live stream it. This is your only opportunity, right? I, I don't, I like it. What do you do? I don't know. So I think pastors are struggling with a lot of this, but I think I, I, I'm just curious. I don't, again, I don't know J.D. Greer's situation. So what I'm just doing is taking this, what appears to be a problem and extrapolating from it some, some just possible concepts and things to think about. Is it wrong for people to just show up on time or leave early? I don't know if we can say that's wrong because I, I would rather them be late than not be there. Would you like them to be on time? Yeah. But I, I guarantee it doesn't impact the start time for a big church. I know that much. Does it disrupt everything? It depends on how the people come walking in and how many. It could be a problem. Leaving early. I, I, to me, that's not that too distracting. Now, if like 50% of the people get up and walk out and you're not done, that could be massively distracting. I don't know how bad the problem is. I'm assuming if he's addressing it, it's pretty bad. But so I don't know if we can say it's wrong or right. So you can give me your opinions on that. You know, what is, what, what is that? But do you think that this is a more of a societal issue creeping into the church? Is people's etiquette in church just, has their behavior changed dramatically? Their attitude. Their attitude about showing up. Their attitude about the attention they're giving to it. Do you think that there's just a general bad attitude or, or a, not a bad attitude because they wouldn't perceive it as a bad attitude. A different attitude. In the church, do you think that there has been a major shift? There's been a lot of talk about this as far as culture is concerned, how people uh, are acting in restaurants and drive through uh, window. I've seen news article after news article that there's what is happening to everyone. They don't know how to act right. They don't have to treat people right. I just know this, that the way it's supposed to work in a church is that everyone in the church is trying to think about everyone else and putting them above themselves. And I feel that has been an epidemic. There's been a, a problem. I think I believe there's a problem there that's been an epidemic in the church for a very long time. People are selfish. People are selfish, man. I, 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 I just, I just, I know it to be true. Every time I've ever received a call or someone starts complaining about something going on in the church, all they care about is themselves. They don't like you do this. They don't like you do this. You do this. You do that. They don't like this. They don't like that. They want you to change this. They want you to change that. And they don't like it. And some, and, and almost in every situation, I'll ask the question, well, what if I change everything to make you happy? 
What about the, and they immediately say, I'm not asking you to change anything. I'm not, I'm not telling you what to do. They always get defensive and then they leave. Yeah. Yeah. You were telling me what to do. You were telling me and you were giving me an ultimatum that I have to please you. And if I don't please you, you're going to go get what you want. And when they leave, do you think they care about anybody else that's left behind? Peace out. They're gone. If the church collapses, it collapses. Who cares? Who cares if those families feel like, well, now where do we go? Who cares about the kids left behind? Now, I'm not saying that someone should always, that I'm not saying that means you should never leave. I'm just saying that you have to at least consider your actions impact other people. Your complaint. Why are you the one complaining? Because why is it always about you? You've got to sometimes ask yourself, do you believe you're the, the, the master of this universe? You're the, you're the captain of the ship. You are the, that you, that the church is, that, that the church is supposed to perform for an audience of one. And that's not Christ. That's you. Now everybody's like, no, 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 no. I'm not saying that. Everyone always says they're not saying that. Never, and so then they start looking for the most spiritual. Well, you're not preaching the gospel. That, that's the always go to. You're, oh man, I've heard, you're not preaching the gospel. Oh yeah, we just did 17 weeks on the doctrine of justification, but you're right. We're not preaching the gospel. Oh my goodness. I'm so sick and tired of that, right? Because you, then you get to have some spiritual justification other than someone just saying, well, you're not preaching how I want you to preach and you're not preaching what I want you to preach and you're not teaching what I think you should be teaching and I don't believe what you believe. Okay, then says I, 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 I and now go satisfy the I going somewhere else. But no, 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 see that sounds so jaded. I just knocked the microphone halfway across the room. I'm sorry. What do you think? What do you think about all of this? I don't know. Now, it's easy to say, well, the times are changing. Back in my day, everyone attended church. I think there's always been issues with this, always, because we're, we're the essence of our sinful nature is self, right? Is, is, is selfishness. What do I always say? Sin is the exaltation of the I. It's the exaltation of yourself. Sin is the exaltation of yourself. That's, that's what we do. We exalt self, exalt self. But when we're Christians, we have a way of making it about us, but then using spiritual justification to make it about us. We always feel like we have a spiritual justification. We want to do this like, oh, oh, we, I think we need more time doing activities. What do we call it? Fellowship. Right. See, we, we can, we can dress it up in spiritual language. What we need to have a camping trip because it's godly. We need to, and use spiritual, just, you want to go camping. You want to sit around talking about the weather, putting food in your face. Just say that you want to hang out and have fun. You don't have to always say it's, we're going to make it godly because you, you, you got something you want to do. Just call it what it is. But I think we've always have a problem in every generation. This generation, it just may manifest itself differently. People just may have a more casual. Now, some people are blaming J.D. Greer. Well, you kind of created a church that creates this attitude. But I've seen this attitude in mega churches. I've seen this attitude in small churches. I've seen this attitude in so-called seeker-sensitive performance kind of churches. And I've seen it in very conservative Bible-preaching churches. 
people are just selfish and self-centered and there's a bit, a bit of narcissism in our sinful nature. And, it, and this is true from the pulpit and in the pew. We think about ourselves and we think about how it impacts us, how it impacts us, how it impacts me, how it impacts me. I, I look, I'll, I'll be honest. As a pastor, you think a lot about that. How, what, oh man, okay, well, now what do I do? Okay, now what do I go? Oh man, I got to change this. And it's about me, 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 me. Now I can, I could, I could try to clean it up. And I could dress it up in a robe of self-righteousness going, how dare you not care about the word of God? How dare you forsake the fellowship of the believers? And I could sound all pious, but in many cases, it's just because it impacts me. Oh, come on. Don't act so sanctimonious. We all do this, that to some level. We always, we always use spirituality in many cases as a weapon and a, as a way to get what we want. And there's a little, that happens all the time. So as a pastor, I got to be careful. I can come in with guns blazing. Forsake not the assembly. You're supposed to be here. I could, I can do that. But am I doing that for the right reason or the wrong reason? Now, if I get to here, if I, if I'm in Hebrew, I think we've got to take that Hebrews passage and put it in its historical context. And there's a lot more we could say there, but still. I think there's a time and there's a place to address it. And I think there's a time and a place for direct, blunt rebuke. I just don't know if going after people for being late and leaving early is the right way to go about it. I don't know, but we haven't heard the whole clip. So I'm not going to pass any judgment on J.D. Greer. I'm just going to leave it with you. Do you think it's right? Or do you think it's wrong in how people show up late and leave early? Do you think there's a right way of conducting yourself in church and there's a wrong way? I think that's important. Do you think there's a right way? Do you think there's a wrong way? Do you think the church is following the culture and that we've lost some etiquette? We've lost some some behavior. And do you think that the problem has always been and always will be that we're just self-centered and we only think about ourselves. And it's hard in the church to not, it's hard from the person in the pulpit to think how the people in the pew are thinking and how they're feeling. And the people in the pew sometimes forget to think about how the person in the pulpit is feeling and how their actions can have dramatical, dramatic impact on the person in the pulpit. I don't know, but there's the clip. Everyone's talking about it. Everyone has their opinions. We'll try to review the entire sermon on Monday. I would challenge you, and and hopefully someone will remind me that I need to review the entire sermon because I know I'm going to forget by Monday. Okay, but I'm going to try to remember. Um, But uh, hopefully, uh, if if I don't get to it, you'll go listen to it. You need to go listen to the whole thing. Before we pass any judgment on J.D. Greer, I just wanted to take some of these concepts out of it and then address the concepts apart from J.D. Greer, right? Because I don't have the whole context. But we can talk about, so is it right or wrong to show up? Like we we can talk about that, right? I think I think that's fair to say. Is it right and wrong for a when is a pastor can rebuke or not rebuke? How should we do that? Do you think the church is being 
that there's some behavior creeping into the church that's now much more prevalent in society. And do you think that there's a lack of people focusing on other people and being selfish? All of those are, 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 are things that we can take and not have to pass any judgment on J.D. Greer. We can take this and look at ourselves. But what we love to do is take it and look at J.D. Greer and condemn him instead of looking to ourselves. I, I, I just will remind you of this. Whenever anything's going on, before you pass judgment of others, look in a mirror. Before you look out the window and be a Karen, worried about getting in everybody else's business, maybe take the situation and look to yourself. I think we have to look to ourselves. News, if at yahoo.com. News, if at yahoo.com. News, if at yahoo.com. Thanks for listening to this special late night episode of the Theology Central podcast that began not in the AM, okay? I don't want anyone to say, man, he ended that at 10.55 p.m. and he started it at 10.04 a.m. No, that is not correct. I started it, I think, at 10.04 p.m. and we are ending it at 10.55 p.m. Everyone have a great, great night and a wonderful weekend. God bless.